Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. What's up? It's Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate the time. Stick with us for the next three hours. We'll show you a good time. You can also text in, comment, give us your questions whenever on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Do you just want to start hitting it early? We can just start doing that in the opening segment if you want to. I mean, that was <laughs> earlier than usual, but it's totally cool. Well, I figured if I do it now, I can give one to whenever Wes plugs a text line because nothing makes Wes happier. He does like it. Than hearing that sound whenever he's plugging that text line. How so. much do you it like the, the garage? I enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> it makes, us, makes me feel like we're all in sync. And yeah. We're rolling. We, we can start doing that every time. Plus, I well, the thing is, maybe this is the theme of the show because after, I don't know, Fiddy, you can attest to this, like four months of wanting to hook up my iPad to try to get my own sounders in here or just have the ability to provide some sound for the show every now and then. I've tried four months and now we're actually off and rolling here. I tried it yesterday. I need to go ahead and hook it up before because I'm still getting into the pre-show routine of connecting my iPad. But we need to figure out some sound stuff, and so we finally did it. Maybe that's the theme. You just continue to press the Garage Door Guru text line, ohm, whenever Wes says it, whenever I say it. And then now you also, you have the Planet Kia car alarm, or not the car alarm, but whatever that is, the beep. What do you call that? Um, You kind of threw me on the spot here. That's okay. It's, it, just, it's just whatever, you know, whenever you're... It's like it's like you're locking your car. Okay, we're just, locked in on the show. Okay, we're locked in. I'm locked on I the like Hornets, that. but we're locked in to the show, and we'll be Keep getting the off car the car from bus. getting stolen. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yes, don't steal the car. Uh, Andrea Adelson going to be joining us in just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Going to be talking spring ball. <laughs> <laughs> this is so random of an open today. But yes, spring ball we're going to be talking about. And maybe even some college basketball because she was covering March Madness throughout too. And so that was pretty cool. She actually covered LSU, if I'm not mistaken, during LSU's championship in the NCAA women's tournament. And so the fact that LSU had the ability to go on, win that championship over Iowa, beat Caitlin Clark. She had some things to say about Angel Reese and just how awesome they were in that championship game against Iowa. So we can talk to her about some of those things as well. But that is not the fourth most topic most people have been talking about in the city of Charlotte over the last 24 hours. We have a little uniform controversy that nobody expected. Maybe you could see the writing on the wall as far as some type of change coming when you had the Cardinals, you had Carolina. There was somebody that put it out there on social media. Hey, every other jersey is for sale. This one is discounted. Perhaps there's a change coming. So we were all like, okay, it would make a lot of sense. David Tepper getting a new QB at number one, having a completely different coaching staff, a bunch of new figures in the organization. Maybe it's time to go ahead and get a new uniform. Well, we got a report yesterday that everybody ran with. Yes. It's like, okay, this is all happening. And then Darren Gant said there are people in a race to be wrong about these new uniforms. And then eventually it was broken that, no, we're just changing the shade of blue. 
And they're getting rid of the silver too, right? And well, the silver is still going to be a part of it. They were it was reported that they were mm. going to get rid of the silver, but that's actually not true. Okay. Silver is still going to be a part of what they're going on with this uniform. And so now people are mad. Let's go ahead and talk unis getting off the bus. Fitty, go ahead and open up the doors. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Yeah, so the Panthers are in somewhat of a backed-up situation where they're in a corner trying to figure out, hey, no, we're just changing the color blue, and now people are mad at them when the Carolina Panthers didn't actually do anything, and maybe that's <laughs> the exact reason that everyone is mad at Carolina. I think for about an hour, maybe not even an hour or so, people got around to the idea that we were going to get new uniforms here in Charlotte, and then when Carolina said, no, we're just going to process blue, I didn't know it was a thing. But they're going to a darker shade, I guess a little more metallic, if I were to try to describe this over the radio. Yeah. But they're just going back to the original one. Really, it's not even that they're changing. They're just changing back to what it was before they transitioned to the Nike uniforms. It was the old Reebok to Nike. Nike had a different shade of blue. Now they're going back closer to the older one. And there's really a change, but not even really. I know all of this leaves you underwhelmed. I saw something, too. Aren't they getting rid of the stripes on the... The sleeve, or is that also just hearsay? I really, I really think all of this is just a change mm, of blue, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Fitty, do you have something for us? You know, Mac was saying this morning that the sleeve isn't going to come as far, I guess, all the way down or around. It's going to be like a half sleeve kind of look, kind of what the Colts kind of look like. Okay. So, so, so they're, getting really, rid of the, they're getting rid of the uh, the UCLA sleeve is what they call it. So, so really just the most minor of changes ever. And one of those changes is just going back to what it used to be. So all of this leaves you underwhelmed pretty much, though, correct? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think that's the reason why people were so uh, underwhelmed or upset because they've been wanting the Panthers to get new uniforms. Uh, for quite some time, this is not a flagship franchise. This is not a franchise that's won five or six Super Bowls in the same uniform. So they should be a team that's changing up their uniform at least once a decade where they're getting new uni. So it's time. So so here's, here is the report. Well, Kunkel had this. There were plenty of people hitting the ground and trying to report on what the changes were going to be. I have Nick Carboni's Twitter in front of me. He said, per Panthers, this was 17 hours ago. Per Panthers, they are not removing silver from their uniforms. They are changing to a shade of blue that matches the blue scene in the end zones. Logo is also not changing per the team. We'll see the new blue on the first round draft choices uniform in a few weeks. He also said the Panthers said the shoulder stripe will stop, quote, short of going under the armpit to accommodate a new technology related to increased mobility. So you have a yeah, little bit of a different sleeve yeah. change, mm -hmm. but the design is still going to be the same. So does that mean, if I'm reading that right, does that mean it's going to be like the sleeves are just going to be it's gonna be solid color? It's just going to be it's going to be shorter. I don't know about oh. the color. We are we're diving into it, but that, that's that's the problem though. A lot of people had Stanford P said isn't process blue just the color of the 76ers uniforms? You're welcome. Yes, many <laughs> people have made the process trust the process blue joke for sure. And then Coach Pauly he said thumbs down to silver in unis, thumbs down to silver on helmets. The original report had silver being banished from the Panthers colorway. 
Would you rather see silver gone, or do you like the silver a part of the uniform? No, I think the silver looks good, but I also saw, too, they were talking about matte white helmets and just all kind of stuff, man, but it's just ridiculous. It's not going to happen, so let's just wrap our uh, heads around that things are going to pretty much stay the same, and it is what it is, and they'll have the same uniforms for the next 40 years. (laughs) You you want a big change. Finny, do you like the Panthers uniforms as they are now, and were you one that, after the initial report, you were like, all right, Let's go ahead and change. This would be fun. No, I definitely think it's time to to do something new and upgrade them. I love the silver, though, especially at night. Like, if they're wearing the blacks with the silver pants, I think it shines. I remember D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart running all over the Buccaneers in those uniforms. I think it glistens. And also, I think the silver goes really well with the process blue, the teal, if you will, as well, but I I do think like this is the perfect time to do it. You, you're moving on from Matt Rule. You yeah. got a, you got a new head coach. You're gonna have a new franchise quarterback. This feels like a new era of Panther football here in Charlotte. Let's get some new uniforms and just continue what's been a winning offseason for this franchise. Yeah, UConn Cornelius loves silver, and so do some of the Panthers fans, and some of them don't, right? Like, I didn't realize that there were so many people that were so divisive on that color being a part of the Panthers' colorway. But here we are talking about that specific color being involved here. I think we can go back to Charlotte rebranding their logo a couple of years ago when they got rid of Brad Lambert as the football coach. They hired Will. Healy. It was the dawn of a new era and then they went with the sea. It's a little slanted. You can see the axe in the middle of the sea and Mike Hill talked about, look, we're making changes. We're going to go with a different logo. We're going to announce this. We're going to put it at midfield. I think it took a little while before they put it at midfield over at their stadium, but that was the idea and right so on a much more macro level with a professional team here in town, it was the same thing. Yeah. It, may, it makes sense from that point of view and Wes, you're the one that brought it up when we had that report about the Panthers uniforms, Cardinals uniforms being discounted because they were that, going to be that changed. That part too, yeah. Well, so so we all thought it, but it's really just the, the shade of blue. It's like, all right, so I guess it's not really a, a big old change with this. Look, I think they look good. I think change for change's sake is, I mean, I mean, sometimes the are dope, but you've had them since 1995. Uh, yeah. And it's like, it is time to change it. We're going on 20... Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, let's painfully let you Going count on 30 all of this years. On. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's going on 30 years. I had to take a second. Uh, yeah. Oh, going on 30 yeah, years. Yeah, come for on sure. now. Like uh, I said, I can see if you had the pedigree, but it, you know. Yeah, doing math on radio never works for anybody, yeah. to be honest with you. Go ahead, Finn. <laughs> but also, like, you're talking about the pedigree, West. Dude, Dallas debuted a new helmet last year. They had an all-white. The Niners have rolled out a black uniform. The Steelers have yeah. the Bumblebee. Like, even your Hallmark franchises mm-hmm. have tried to do something new just to, you know, to, to whether it's to get you know get new merch, whatever it is. So, like, if the Cowboys, the, the, the Niners, if those franchises are doing it, there's no reason for the Panthers to be willing to go away from what's been traditional when you've got such a new era ushering in with this offseason. The problem is there are teams that can absolutely botch it. If if your uniform is already solid or one of the better ones, and maybe that's a little bit different as far as how you view it, but you can absolutely botch a different logo or a color scheme or whatever. And so, yes, it's safe, but also you would like to see the team take a risk. 704 said their uniforms are just blah. Firefighter Drew said just 
don't botch it like the Rams, please. LOL. The Rams uniforms. Uh... But the helmets with the Ram horns on it were pretty cool, and I guess they kind of made it more animated. I, I looked almost. at a couple of lists, uh, not to uh, foreshadow fire or fizzle, but I looked it. at a couple of lists of top uniforms, and uh, they had the Rams pretty high. Yeah, I like the color scheme for them. I don't like that cream one they had on. That's trash. Yeah, it's not great. Conspiracy King said, can we start a new uni campaign for Panthers and at Tepper and the Panthers just wanting to at them? I don't know if they're going to be able to read this, Conspiracy King, but sure, we can spread the message that you just wrote into the text line. Um, 410 said the Bengals white hot helmets. Those are awesome. Mm -hmm. Bengals have always had some pretty good unis. I like the helmets that they have. And so, yeah, uh, look... I think it's just funny that here's Carolina, like, trying to go back to what they were. And then because of a false report, if we don't get the false report, we're still talking about it. But people aren't nearly as angry yeah. because then the, orig- the, the report, if it's accurate, all they're saying is, oh, we're just going back to process blue. And then now here we are like, oh, OK, well, there's a change. We'll update and then move on. But people were mad after we thought the change was coming. And then we realized it wasn't. Andrea Adelson, one of the best in the business, going to be joining us on the other side of the break to be talking about the spring portion of college football and also the NCAA tournament. We're going to have her on in just a moment. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The solution is allow us to scrimmage somebody on A-Day. <laughs> another team and I think everybody would get out of it exactly what they want and if everybody's doing that then um, you know and let's adopt a charity um, to give all the proceeds to um, you know let's let's take foster care in the state of Alabama or, or orphan care in the state of Alabama and let's all let's Alabama play uh, Troy and we play UAB or vice versa or whoever I don't care or Alabama State or, or or whoever and people will come see that and you're decreasing your injury possibilities by fifty percent. What you got, Wes? Wow, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, don't we see that already in the regular season when the SEC plays these Pats, these non-conference? Yeah, look, yeah, Hart, I guess in the right place. My, my question to Fiddy is, did you listen to that entire soundbite before you put it in here for this segment? Yeah, it was just about okay. what he thinks they should do with spring football sure. games. Okay, yeah. so he wants to see, like I said, basically the glorified scrimmages that they played three sure. times a year and beat down some of these schools. It's just funny that the face both of you made as he was going on there was a little surprised and so so, yeah, yeah it was just, is, uh, to me, it just didn't make any sense. So, with that said, it is springtime. Spring football is abound. Okay, what did they say? Spring has sprung. And for that, we have Andrea Adelson coming in. 
to talk about spring football around the ACC, your favorite school. What are some of the biggest questions they have? How's spring football going for them? So we bring in the legendary mm-hmm. Andrea Adelson to talk to us. How are you doing today, Andrea? Oh, wow. I feel like I have a lot to live up to. Legendary, huh? I <laughs> appreciate that. No doubt about it. You're 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 everywhere and anywhere at once. Right. I, I, I saw last week during the ACC network coverage, and I I got excited. I get excited for spring football, so I saw him. I said, "Let me turn it up and see uh, what she's talking about." I, I was listening to her talk about Florida State and all that good stuff, so I can get some of my information going. You there know. You go. All right, and just so spring football, we got spring games coming up. NC State's is this weekend, so we we can start there, and. Uh, what are some of the things that, that you've heard thus far? We know Brennan Armstrong is the new man under center there. Have you been hearing anything about how he's looking and how uh, that new offense, quote-unquote, is looking? Yeah, obviously that's what everybody wants to know, right? Um, and this is a stacked quarterback room. There's no question about that. But when you bring in Brennan Armstrong, considering his history with Robert and I, it just gets a lot of people talking and very excited about the possibilities. And we had uh, Trent Penix on uh, in play earlier this week. I actually, uh, my colleague Adam Rittenberg filled in uh, for me, but I watched the interview. And one of the things that really stood out to me that Trent said was that they're basically playing a lot faster. And what he means by that, not necessarily tempo, although, yes, there is a part of that but they're not thinking as much that this type of offensive system allows them to just go out and play and make plays. And that is something that Brennan Armstrong did really, really well in his best season at Virginia under Robert and I know last season when Brennan Armstrong struggled with Tony Elliott and Des Kitchings there, you know, they really wanted him to play within the confines of their system, which is very much pro style NFL. What the NI system allows him to do is freelance a little bit, and that makes him, I think, more comfortable in the skill set that he has and what he can provide for the team. And so based on what Trent said on the show, it sounds like they're seeing a little bit of that out there during spring practice, although Dave Doran has been very clear that there's no winner just yet in this quarterback competition. We all know what MJ Morris and Ben Finley can bring to the table, but because Brennan has this experience with Robert and I, everyone thinks that he's the leader for that job. And the fact that the folks on the team are very excited about the potential of what this offense can look like under Robert and I, that just feels a little different about this offense and this team during spring practice. Yeah, that's interesting, Andrea, because I was going to ask about the quarterback position there with NC State. I asked it to Wes. We tried to figure it out. It's a tough question, but I was trying to figure out if they upgraded at the QB spot because the numbers from Brennan Armstrong two years ago were absolutely insane, and it's crazy the drop-off he had just one year later, and I was a big fan of Devin Leary coming into the season. Of course, he got hurt, but even when he was playing, the numbers weren't as what I thought they were going to be Do you feel like NC State will have an upgraded quarterback this year, or do you think they actually lost something pretty significant with Devin Leary going to Kentucky? Well, you know, it's just a different offensive scheme that is going to allow NC State to put up more yards and points and numbers, in my view. Um, I feel like the scheme that NC State ran under Tim Beck was just uh, a little bit more conservative than the types of things that Robert and I likes to do. And Robert and I comes from uh, the 
Texas Tech, you know, Baylor tree, uh, where you are more wide open, um, where you do allow your players to freelance a little bit more. So I don't necessarily want to say upgrade uh, because, you know, Devin Leary did a great job during his time there. I think maybe the entire offensive scheme is a little bit more of an upgrade to what more teams in college football are doing right now um, that allows your players to use their talents and skill sets to be able to make some plays. I do fully expect NC State to be a more prolific offense this season, and the biggest reason why is because of the scheme that Robert and I runs. And because of that scheme, therefore, you project out that if it is Brennan Armstrong as the starting quarterback, he'll be putting up bigger numbers than Devin Leary. That's just a byproduct of that. Andrea Adelson on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can reach her on Twitter or follow her on Twitter, A. Adelson ESPN. Now, the other offense that everybody wants to know about, Garrett Riley and the Clemson Tigers. What have you been hearing about them? We see yesterday, Dabo comes out and says that they had their best practice as a team. We know Cade Klubnick seems to be, or on paper looks to be, a great fit for that offense. Can we see them get back uh, to the carnage that they used to put up on the scoreboard against people? Yeah, I have very high expectations for the Clemson offense headed into this season because of what Garrett Riley brings to the table. I actually visited with Dabo in his office a few weeks ago And he noted that there was just an increased confidence level and energy uh, with the offense that maybe was missing the last couple of years. And if we talk about upgrading systems at NC State, this is an absolute upgrade for Clemson. You know, a lot of the things that Garrett Riley likes to do, uh, Robert and I likes to do, um, and they've come from similar trees. uh, So that obviously would make sense. Um, And they put place a lot on the quarterback. But that's exactly what Clemson wants and Dabo Sweeney wants because they believe Cade Klubnick has the ability to handle all that. And when I talk about just thinking a lot less and playing freer, that's what's happened so far for Cade Klubnick and his Clemson teammates. So I don't necessarily have a lot of questions. Bigger questions and or concerns for me still revolve around that receiver group, um, which hasn't necessarily quite lived up to its potential over the last few years, but they certainly have the capability to get there. Um, Dabo had a lot of praise for Antonio Williams in the spring that he has had. They are absolutely going to need a huge year for him this year to help out Kate Klubnick. But when you look at who they have coming back, at running back with Will Shipley returning, the things we've seen Cade Klubnick do in, in brief flashes. Dabo feels good about the offensive line. If those receivers can just be more consistent, a lot fewer drop passes, a lot more broken tackles and yards after the catch, I think this Clemson offense is going to look more like the Clemson offense we've come to expect when Deshaun Watson and, and Trevor Lawrence were there. And then the Tar Heels. You talk about uh, Drake May and what he was able to do at the beginning of the season, but then the Georgia Tech game comes, and then things just kind of go downhill from there. What have you been hearing from the Tar Heels this spring, and what are they doing to try to get Drake May kind of back on track to being that dominant player that he was the first part of the year? Well, we're three for three talking about teams that made offensive coordinator changes, right? And so, you know, you can't really underestimate what that will do for a quarterback. And to me, of these three, 
This one's the most intriguing because Drake had so much success with Phil Longo, particularly early on, and a lot of people are expecting a really big year out of him. Now there's a coordinator change, though, and things are probably going to look a little bit different for this offense. And, oh, by the way, they've lost their two best receivers, and Drake has to work through that in the spring, actually visiting North Carolina next week, um, and we'll have an opportunity to sit down and talk to Mac Brown and Chip Lindsey and Drake May while I'm there. So I'll definitely be able to provide more information after we've done some of that reporting. But it appears as if things are going smoothly this spring, right? That's what everybody says. But I, I certainly expect for Drake to be more consistent game to game as opposed to what we saw at the end of the season because now he's got a full year under his belt, right? Now defenses are going to be keyed in on the types of things that he likes to do uh, and, and what may be our strengths and some things that they have an opportunity to do to slow him down a little bit, right? You know, halfway through the season is when teams can start really getting a feel for a new starter, um, and that perhaps can lead to some of the more inconsistent plays that we have seen. But, I mean, he played great in the bowl game. Um, You know, I I thought he really played a great game there. Uh, So, you know, just getting more used to and comfortable in this new scheme with the new play caller and some of the new players around him. But I fully expect him to have a really good season. Um, And I think there are a lot of other people who expect that as well because we haven't even gotten through the 2023 draft and already everyone's talking about him as a possible number one pick with Caleb Williams in 2024. That doesn't necessarily indicate to me that people looked at the last couple of games and have gotten a little bit down on him. No, I think that's probably only increased the expectation because now he's got a full year under his belt and he'll better be able to anticipate what some defenses are going to be doing against him. ESPN's Andrea Adelson joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline talking some college football. And Andrea, you missed the in-play episode the other day discussing who the top ACC QB is coming into the season. Adam Rittenberg, David (laughs) Hale, they debated between Jordan Travis and Drake May coming into this year. What say you? If you could go back a couple days ago, provide your input as you so often do on in-play, what would you say about Jordan Travis, Drake May, who was the better QB coming into this year? Yeah, I would have taken the uh, Adam Rittenberg position. So I guess he did a good job filling my shoes. He did. Uh, he said <laughs> what I would have said. I would have said Drake May. You know, it's really hard to go against him right now considering what I think was an outstanding season a year ago, ACC Player of the Year. Now, that's nothing against Jordan Travis, who when you look at his growth and development as a quarterback from the beginning of his career, where he was known mainly as a wildcat guy, come in on third down situations, keep defenses off balance to where he is right now. There's no question in my mind. He has had the most growth. He has improved the most from the start of a career to where he is right now. And he's absolutely deserving of being in that conversation. But when I look at Drake may, and what he is able to do as the quarterback throwing for 4,000 yards and the arm strength and the ability to, to improvise. That's something Jordan can do as well. Um, it, it's hard for me to pick against him right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan was in the mix um, at the end of the season. But Florida State has made no bones about promoting him as a Heisman candidate. It's very unusual for schools in January to already start promoting players for the Heisman but that's how strongly they feel about Jordan and what he's bringing to the table and I I understood David Hale's argument which was there's no system change for him and he's returning basically 
every single key player at the skill positions, whether it's his leading receiver and Johnny Wilson, his leading rusher and Trey Benson, and most of the offensive line. So I understand why David Hale made that argument, because if you look at it on paper, without a scheme change, with all your key players coming back, you would think that, okay, Jordan's going to be in line to have a great year. And I do think Jordan's in line to have a great year. But Drake, to me, is just a little bit ahead of him, slightly ahead of him. Uh, and despite the, the coordinator change, I still think he has a great chance to throw for 4,000 yards once again. Andrea, I wanted to ask you, too, uh, another quarterback question as well, because we know the defenses in the spring, they always dominate. So there's no mm -hmm. really defensive questions to be asked at this juncture. But Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, one of the big fixtures in the league for the last few years, he's gone now. Mitch Griffiths presumably will step in, been waiting for three years. What are the thoughts about him stepping in and what he's been looking like thus far? Yeah, well, he was another quarterback that was discussed on In Play the other day as uh, somebody that people maybe aren't talking a lot about right now, but could have the potential to have a great year, kind of like what Riley Leonard, Leonard did a year ago at, at Duke, um, emerging uh, without anyone really discussing him at all. And I think Mitch certainly has that opportunity because when you look at what Wake Forest has done with its quarterback since Warren Ruggiero and Dave Clawson have been there, their quarterbacks are generally very successful, right, whether it's just starting out or as veterans. And they have had quarterbacks who have been multi-year starters there. Sam Hartman, obviously, what Jamie Newman did, what John Walford did. So um, there's a track record of success with that scheme in particular, which is very unique to Wake Forest. And uh, I think that leads to quarterback success when you have guys in position who know how to run it. And I thought Mitch looked really comfortable running it last year when he started in place of Sam, when Sam was out with his blood clot. So Wake Forest, I think, is a team that not a lot of people are talking about right now with Sam gone and kind of the way they ended last season compared to the way they started. But if I know anything about Wake Forest and Dave Clawson and Warren Ruggiero, I just can't underestimate that team anymore uh, because most of the nation finds a way to underestimate them and they end up exceeding expectations. And so once again, I think Wake Forest will be really good on offense um, and have an opportunity to win a lot of games this year. Andrew, you also tweeted about your coverage and your journey with LSU's women's basketball team on their way to a national championship. An awesome tournament, by the way. I, I want to start with Alexis Morris's comments on the disrespect they felt on behalf of not only themselves, but even South Carolina coming into that championship game when it came to specifically Caitlin Clark. It felt very Michael Jordan. I took that personally ask that <laughs> that embodied itself big time in that championship outing. I guess I'll ask you this, Andrea. How, did you think it might get ugly as far as the trash talk goes as soon as we got to that championship game? Did you expect all of that or were you surprised all of that taking place? Well, you know, Caitlin Clark is a trash talker, mm -hmm. maybe one of the best trash talkers in women's college basketball. And so is Angel Reese, right? And, you know, I have to say that a lot of the commentary afterward, I thought, was a slap in the face to female athletes. I mean, they're highly competitive, right? And when you're in highly competitive environments, you're going to talk some trash, whether you're a man or a woman, right? I mean, are women not supposed to trash talk because they're women? You know, um, the fact that it happened on that stage uh, obviously put a spotlight on it. But Caitlin Clark has dished it out as much as she had to take it the other night. And, 
um, afterward, she said, yeah, I didn't even notice and I wasn't really bothered by it <laughs> because she knows what it's like to be in that environment and she knows what it's like to trash talk people. She did it the, the game before um, or, or against Louisville, the Haley Van List. Um, it was the same thing. But, you know, the difference here is Nine million people weren't tuned in and watching Iowa against Louisville um, in the regional final. Nine million people were tuned into the national championship game, and they saw Angel Reese kind of following Caitlin Clark around the court. Um, and I think that's what kind of stirred uh, this um, quote-unquote controversy. Mm-hmm. I do not think it's a controversy at all. Uh, I, in fact, I think it just shows how highly competitive these games are and if you want to talk your trash and the opponent is like, yeah, I get it. It's part of the game. Well, then let them talk their trash uh, and move on and just talk about what a great game it was and what a great um, thing it was for women's college basketball to have that many people tuned in and talking about uh, the championship game. Well, and Andrea, we're up against a break, but I did not want to get you out of here before I asked you about the actual on-court product, because you're right. So many times we don't actually talk about the on-court product that we saw, and it was awesome. And you, in that tweet that I just previously mentioned, you talked about just how, I mean, borderline perfect LSU was in this championship game, just how they played so well in that title contest, even after they were down, what, double digits, the previous game against Virginia Tech. Man, how special was this journey just as far as the product you saw from this Tigers team? No question. I was with them in Greenville, and they probably should have lost to Utah in the Sweet 16. Utah missed two free throws with a chance to take a lead in that game late, and LSU was able to hold on. And then they played one of the ugliest games I've ever seen against Miami. I don't think either team shot 30%. So to go from that, right, where you're just scratching your eyeballs out, is anyone going to be able to hit a basket to 102 points in the national championship game it felt like LSU was on a completely different planet compared to where they were in Greenville. And I think a lot of that is because they felt so much talk was going to Iowa and nobody was talking about LSU. They thought that was disrespectful. And yes, they took it personally. And they played as if they took all of that personally, that nobody was talking about LSU, that nobody picked them to get up there, that nobody did this and nobody did that. They played that way. They played as if they were not going to be denied. And it is hard for me to recall a championship game in which you have seen a team go out there and play that way because they felt so personally about what they had to prove in the game. That to me is something that goes to Kim Mulkey and to those players buying in and being a team and understanding what the ultimate goal was. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was an incredible display to watch in person. No question. That was Andrea Adelson on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow her on Twitter, A. A Adelson ESPN. Thanks so much, Andrea, once again. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. That was some great, great talk right there. I'm sure we'll break it down on the other side of the break, amongst other things. But we've got a little bit more role play. You, you love that role play, day. Wes. I do. Yeah, I, do, I think right? Fiddy likes it, too. Yeah, He's really a little scared, like but he does like yeah. it. I Fiddy, can see. Fiddy and I transform <laughs> when we come back on the other <laughs> side of the break. This is the Wes and Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Big thanks to Andrea Adelson helping us out, talking some spring football, new quarterbacks within the Carolinas, Devin Leary, Brandon Armstrong, that transition, also talking about Wake Forest in North Carolina. That interview will be up on our website, WFNZ.com. We appreciate you listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We'll keep it within college athletics. We'll change gears to college basketball where North Carolina is still in the news because, well, maybe their lack of activity. We have not seen them linked to really any transfer that I can think of. Fiddy, I don't know if I'm wrong about that, but I haven't seen them linked to any big transfer. And perhaps that's the problem, especially when it comes to one LJ Cryer, who is transferring from Baylor, who has been an awesome player for them. Very good uh, backcourt player, 45% from the field. Over 40% from three on high volume each of the last two seasons. Just a dead-eye shooter, averaging 15 points per game this last season, and he even shot close to 90% from the free throw line. Clearly, all those stats suggest that he is going to be a highly coveted guy out there in the transfer portal. Now, a lot of people have been clamoring for North Carolina to go after LJ Cryer. Here's the problem with me, is that LJ had said, quote, I am looking to see what school will let me play some time at point guard. And so when people saw the list of schools that were reaching out, UNC wasn't one of them. Everybody was mad at Hubert Davis. I think that might be your reason. We just saw the athletic piece from Brendan Marks saying RJ Davis was so mad about not being a true point guard, at least in the eyes of the preseason award watch list when it came to the Jerry West award. He wanted to be taken off of the shooting guard list. And so now if you're talking about going after Cryer, who wants to play more point guard, R.J. Davis clearly does, this probably isn't the right move. Yeah. And so, I don't know, Wes, what do you think? Is this somebody, despite, he's awesome, he's a fantastic player, should they delve into this possibility? Well, I think after you see the article and all the issues that they had, like you said, it may not be a, the right fit because maybe Hubert is going to have a tough time managing that situation kind of like he did with Caleb and R.J. again. If you had a coach that could kind of clearly bring guys in and define roles for people and they stick to it, then maybe so. Because my my thought is, if you're a Carolina, you need as many uh, able-bodied, really good players that you can find at this point because you're rebuilding that roster from the ground up except for R.J. Davis and um, Armando Bacay and then a couple of the guys who were right. held over, Seth Trimble and the crew. But – the talent, I mean, you got to bring it in if you get the chance, man, and you got to try to figure it out because well, this guy's a really good player, so you got to go with the talent. Yeah, the thing is, I know Kansas State seems to be one of the favorites, Arkansas, Gonzaga, Houston. I mean, all the big-time programs are going after him. Fiddy, what do you make of this possibility getting L.J. Cryer, and how much would you want to stay away with it? Because at the end of the day, you do have R.J. Davis still on this roster. Yeah, like here's the thing. like When, when I first saw his name into the portal, you would have thought Carolina would be all over him. They need... They need dudes. Paxson Wojcik was a nice addition. If they get 
uh, Nick Timberlake or Dalton Knack. If, if you get those guys, those are those are mid-major players that are trying to make the step up to play at the Power Five level, and, and more so at the ACC level. Dude, LJ Cryer has been a dominant player in the Big 12, the best basketball conference in the country for the last two to three years. To me, it's a really hard thing to say no to, but I don't want to – and look, that article that, that Brennan Marks put out last week – I will forever look at R.J. Davis a little bit differently. It was definitely the weirdest thing in there. Yes, because I, I didn't think that's who he was. Like I thought this was a kid that loved Carolina, wanted to win games and win national championships. And he's, I, I still think he wants to do that, but he wants to get certain praise along the way. Well, so does L.J. Cryer, and I don't think you can risk bringing another guy in like that and having a disconnect in your backcourt the year after that same disconnect between Davis and Love ruined your season. All right, so if North Carolina does not get L.J. Cryer, they're going to have to look elsewhere in the transfer portal, but perhaps with some guys reclassifying, there have been some at least rumors out there. There is the potential that Ian Jackson, top recruit, could reclassify. Now, it might take some push from Hubert Davis or this coaching staff, and this is where the role play comes into play, if you will. Wes Bryant, who loves to imitate Hubert Davis. What sport does he coach, Wes? Basketball. Okay, so he coaches. It's <laughs> my favorite thing you do. So you can be Hubert Davis, and I understand that you hired a new assistant coach that you want to try to convince Ian Jackson to possibly reclassify? Yes, we... At North Carolina, we that's have pretty good, Wes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, a new coach to our staff to help us coach basketball. <laughs> He's very passionate. He's very short, mm-hmm. but he is uh, going to bring a lot to the Carolina program. Okay. So you are Ian Jackson. I am Ian Jackson. Yes. You need to convince me. We we are keeping it up here. I'm Ian Jackson. <laughs> you are Hubert Davis. Clearly, you have hired Josh Fitty Marlowe, whoever he is, to be an assistant on your staff. How are you guys going to convince me to reclassify? Well, how you doing, Ian? I am Hubert Ira Davis Jr. And I coach the University of North Carolina. And uh, we are in need of some of the best players in the country to come and play basketball at the University of North Carolina. Did mm-hmm. you see how stressed I was and how many times I took my glasses off on the sidelines last year? I was frustrated because I was missing you. I needed you out there. Mm-hmm. I was, okay. I'm looking at your high school clips, the crossovers, and the things that you can do are, are just excellent. Just don't stress me out about your brand and – uh, if you want to get on the Koozie list or the, the the Maxwell list, I know that's football, but any list. <laughs> yeah. So I have my assistant with me, uh, Joshua Marlowe. He does the Hill Tough blog, and, and he fired me a couple of times on there, but I forgave him for that. And <laughs> he brings a passion to this program that uh, I, I've yet to see. So I'm going to let him give you uh, his pitch and then uh, I'll come back with some final words, and we'll see if you want to reclassify or if you're still going to stay with North Carolina yep. basketball. Uh, Coach Marlowe, nice to meet you. I appreciate you taking the time. It's, it's, it's nice to meet you too, Ian. Look, I know upon St. John's hiring Rick Patino, there was a lot of talk about you maybe staying home to play for the legendary head coach that is Rick Patino. Well, I got to tell you, I'm short like Patino. I talk like a New Yorker, like Rick Bettino, you want you want to get cussed out? I can do that as well as anybody you're going to find here in college basketball. And also, if you look at the history and the tradition of our program, New York guards 
They, 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 they have a track record of being a part of national championship winning teams at UNC. And that's what we want to do. We want to hang another banner. We want to win more national championships. Yeah. Go to more Final Fours. You can do that along with, with, with Huber and all of his great X's and O's. And then me just being in your rear end day after day, mm, okay. night after night, making you the best basketball player that you can be. And as long as you have two feet in and you're about we and not about me, I guarantee okay. you the name on the front of our jersey will take care of the name on your back. He has a little bit of a, a different idea than what we have behind him. He, he's <laughs> actually not going to be coaching as much. He's not going to cuss you because he's really going to just be getting my coffee. But uh, other than that, though, I, I do love the passion uh, that he brings. But just come to Carolina. We'll start you, okay, if you okay. come in and earn it. Uh, we're looking for you to come in 15, 20 points a game. I've I got an NIL bag. Okay, I've got that going. We'll get you some endorsements. And I, I see the hair you got going. I know you got a kind of funky hairstyle. We got hair products in the back for you as well that you can endorse. A little soul glow. I don't know if you're too young to remember that. Something like that. I don't know what but that is, Coach. Just come to Carolina and, and play basketball for us because uh, we, we need to. Oh, don't, don't cry. Don't, don't cry. I don't want to get fired. <laughs> so, we did see we did see you uh we did see you cry the other day with that photo that was revealed when you lost the championship oh, to know. reveal just how much you do care about North I Carolina basketball. And, uh, yeah. I wear trash sneakers on the sidelines, but I'm, I'm trying. Oh, trash sneakers? Is that what you said? I'm oh trying. no. Yeah. Oh goodness yeah, gracious. I'm, I'm trying. We gotta win. Right. I, I don't wanna lose my job. So okay. just go to Carolina, please. <laughs> okay. All right. So we have a crying Hubert Davis here on Let's the airway. Play basketball. Wanting Ian Jackson to come in and play basketball immediately. So you can even get to the next year where I was supposed to be a part of one of the greatest uh, classes that North Carolina's had in quite some time. So are you coming? Are you reclassifying? What are you going to do? I need to know. Nah, I can't do it with that crying. Oh. I'm going to stay in high school. Oh. Not my head coach, man. I don't want him crying. I want him to be a little more confident. And plus, uh, the assistant coach that told me he's going to be in my rear end a little bit too much. That was a little scary. Oh. So you're fired, Joshua. Yeah. You're fired. <laughs> yeah, 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 there we go. All right, 704-570-9610. We can talk about the role play on the other side. We do need to get to some more of the Carolina Panthers conversation. The number one overall pick. We'll get to that. Yeah, in we got to finish with these receivers. No, no, I don't. I want. I want to stay in high school. I want to go back to high school rather than <laughs> have that conversation as well. It's right. Weston Walker Sports Radio, ninety two seven WFNZ.